for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey everybody, my name is Alec and this is Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, um, before we get into it, I wanted to encourage you to go listen to um, the last Thursday edition um, that was all about uh, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Um, I, I I took a lot of the parts of Movie May to sit and watch that show finally and I I had thoughts it's an it's an over an hour long podcast so go check that out um I don't want to spoil it here but definitely go check that out and on that note let's talk about what I wanted to talk about this for this Sunday edition and that is perspective and the reason why I want to talk about that is because um, in the in the anime community, there's lots of different perspectives, and in the like in the creator world of anime, there are lots of different perspectives. But there's also lots of different perspectives just as a person going through the world. And I had two incidents that remind me of this. So first, um, Bennett the Sage over on YouTube released, I believe it was his hundredth episode. Um, or the 10th anniversary episode of Anime Abandoned, to which, either way, or if it's one I'm not interpreting correctly, congratulations, Bennett. You, I've watched you for years. You're great. You're part of the reason I do this. Not, I, I did this before I watched you, but you're part of the reason I keep doing it. So, thank you. Um, but, I also posted my new desk and, like, work setup to a um, board called R slash um, workstations in um, in what's it called in Reddit and I posted my desk there before. I've actually posted my desk there a couple times before, but I posted kind of the full sprawling layout that I have going now because I recently, you know, re- recommitted myself, retook the plunge and got a new resin printer and set up the like the entire left hand side of my desk which used to be decorated with anime figures which I actually moved to around my TV like I can look um over my back and I can see all the backs of a ton of anime finger figures now and I devoted the like top of the credenza the top of the, like, file cabinet, top of the cabinet thing that I had all my figures on to 3D printing. And because ultimately I want to be able to, you know, I need to teach myself slash learn how to model, how to, how to model 
my own characters and I want to be able to design characters and then 3D print them. Um, but I've talked about that before on this, on actually the Sunday edition of this podcast. You can go find that in the feed before. But when I put my desk, it like blew up. I was surprised. I was surprised because to me, this is like my dream desk. I, I built a thing for myself. I built a, like, I built a place to create things because I've always been a person who makes things. Whether it's, you know, illustrations mindlessly while I'm watching anime or TV or uh, like normal live action TV or whether it's, you know, 3D printing or whether it's a podcast or any number of stuff. And so I have a creative mind in the same way that many of the people who have, um, who have a drive to make anime or make, or make anything really, not just anime or manga, but in the same way that they have that drive, I have this like nameless, shapeless mind to like create things. And that had lended a certain perspective to this show over time. So whenever I talk about something bad, I always do it. And I always want the listener, you, to have in mind that like, yeah, this thing is bad, but it still got made. And that means that for as bad as it is, people still put more effort than you're probably imagining into it. And so when I talk about, by the way, spoilers for my thoughts on slime, on that time I got reincarnated by slime, I may not like slime. I may not like that show a whole lot, but there's qualities to that show I do really like. And there are, there is undoubtedly a lot of effort that went into it, especially on the character design end. And, that doesn't mean that because something didn't come out the way that a creative thought it would doesn't mean that people a people won't like it and b it doesn't mean that there wasn't a lot of effort put into it so the reason why i brought up um bennett sage's um special episode that he actually premiered that i watched most i watched a fair amount of live is um, because I, he did it on Evangelion, which he, I don't believe he's done ever before on the, on Anime Abandoned, but he talked a lot about Anno and about, because when you talk about Evangelion, you kind of have to talk about the person who's the primary creative force behind it, Anno, and it talked about how he kind of fell apart when, the fans didn't respond to his like cre- his creative vision for the original ending of Evangelion, which if you don't know, um, you can you can go watch that thing on um, enti- in its entirety on Netflix. And I encourage you if you never if you've never done this. To and you're watching Evangelion right now, which is a fair possibility. It's on Netflix. You can just watch it. You can hit the play button. 
after you're done watching Evangelion, after you're done watching that thing, go and hate yourself for however long it takes to watch the Evangelion, um, the the end of Evangelion movie. And the reason why I say go and hate yourself for however long it takes to watch that is because that's what that movie is. It hates it like hates its audience. It hates itself for having to exist. It is this like rejection of what happened to someone's creative vision that, yes, was compromised because they didn't have the budget, but B, was was largely creatively what, uh, what Anna was really thinking and what, it, and what it looks like when a creative, when a creative person is like, just kind of putting them putting their thoughts on the on the page out there and not being concerned with being concerned with what it looks like being concerned with the presentation and the presentation in um the uh, in the end of the theory proper of Evangelion is really fascinating it it, it really i think this is probably why lots of people didn't respond well to it at the time when it when it aired, I, he didn't, he didn't clean it up for people. And part of what people found, saw in my desk was that I didn't, my, the place where I do, where I create things, including this podcast, three, I do 3D printing, I do digital illustration, is not, cleaned up for people and so much of what people were show on something like r slash workstations or or another um similar thing called r slash battle stations which is more gaming focused is they show this idealized version of their workstation of their work life they they clean their desk up before they post something but the nature of say like a three D print, a three D printing, um, you know, workshop would not net, would be could can be presented cleanly. It's not like I left anything super out of place on my desk, but it is like this is what somebody's like creative mind demands to make something, and like I said, I think that give this show a certain perspective along with a bunch of other things, including, you know, the fact that I'm physically disabled, the fact that I'm a cancer survivor, the fact that I am biracial. Um, I did a whole episode about, um, brand new, about brand new animal, the, um, trigger anime that's licensed on Netflix. That is all about being biracial and, doesn't always handle it the best, but um, you sh- and you should go check that out in the feed of this podcast on whatever app you're using to listen to me right now. Um, but I just found the whole thing pretty interesting because I I look at this and I'm like, yeah, I built myself this big awesome thing. Like I make an I make. I made enough money where I could make this happen for myself in my own personal life. 
But when people outside of me look at my desk, they're like, oh, Alex, that, that's madness. Like, that, that's, that's crazy town. What, what, what are you up to? And I remember that that was always true even in something, even in a place like art school for me, which I always found interesting. When I was in art school and for um, and for a couple of years after, I collected computer parts. Oh, I think collect computer parts. I don't mean like I like had a drive fan or something sitting on my desk. I mean like I was industrious little shit, and I would see something like an old high-end monitor, I'd be like, can I just have that? And the IT guy would be like, yeah, if you can carry it out of this room, it's yours. And so, like, I, like, went and got a friend. I said, like, can you help me, like, three-hand this thing and get it to my desk? And they and they did. And that ultimately culminated in I had a laptop hooked up to a... And this would this was... These screens, it wasn't before the time of flat screens, but it was before the time of affordable for college kids flat screens. I had a laptop hooked up to a very nice but old high-end like computer monitor. And then I had one of the um, blue turtle shell iMacs that I that was... Older, but could still run um, software, and I could still, like, do, like, just mess around in Illustrator a little bit on it if I needed to. And, like, I had those three things set up. I think I had the iMac set up on my, um, on my drawer cabinet, which is on wheels. And my, a friend of mine in the um, animation department walked into my apartment because my roommate was also was an animation major, and looked looked at my dad. He went like, "What? What is happening here?" He's like, well, "How many computers do you have?" I'm like, "I have two. <laughs> the, the The first one is two monitors. The second one is uh, independent computer." He's like, "What do you use the iMac for?" I'm like, "I mess around with Illustrator on it. I like try out quick ideas as like a side thought and something that doesn't matter." And he looked at me and he was just surprised. And what the if you're at all a creative person or you're at all interested in creative, which I know a lot of anime fans are, even if they're not necessarily creative themselves, they're interested in like the creative process or, or something like that. I encourage you to go I would recommend doing it on Twitter. Twitter will yield you better, will yield you more immediate results, What is what I will say. Um, just because of the way Japan is, and, just not, and actually I'm going to take that back, not because of the way Japan is, but because Instagram and like lots of other platforms are for... Or, or have a tendency to be for everybody. But Twitter is like a series of rabbit holes. And if you are very specifically into one thing or another thing, tw- 
Twitter is usually for you. So, like, this is exemplified by, like, black Twitter, or by, by the phrase of, like, black Twitter, or in our, in our case, anime Twitter. And, like, there's a, I, I think it's got, the American equivalent is, like, hashtag workstation, but, um, or hashtag workspace. Um, but the, there's a Japanese hashtag, and I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's a big long string, and it is, you can go, I think, I think I read about it on Kotaku, so you could probably find it there somehow if you're savvy, um, and it's just creative desk spaces. It's like desk spaces of animators, of game designers, of, you know, designers in general, and it's really fascinating because it is it kind of gives you a peer into what those people's perspective is and what those people's value in what they look at while they work and what they have as a desk. So tons of people in their workspaces, in their creative spaces, really, have, um, have like, like, I have, I have art everywhere in, in the perch, which is my, like, studio space. It's where, it's, it's, if you've ever, if you've seen pictures of my desk, my desk is, like, at the far end of the perch, which is the, which is my attic. But the, on the other, on the, just behind the camera, generally, is, um, or, yeah, just behind the camera is a futon, a, you know, a, um, TV stand, a TV ton of anime figures and a little bar cart and a, a lot a lot of art I've I put art on most services in on most wall on most parts of the wall in this place and that's because it's stuff I enjoy and it's like it's art that I've done I have a poster that I that I did in college that I've always loved um that I actually recreated to get printed and put up um, I have a print from a artist I follow on inst- on Instagram that I've always loved, and I went and got a print and framed it and hung it. I have a whole movie, a whole wall devoted to posters. If you've seen me on TikTok in particular, and I'm talking in front of what looks like a bunch of, like a wall of anime posters, that's what that is. Um... And my rules there are: I wanted posters of strong female, strong female main character, theatrical release, anime movies. Um, but it just I this was just something I thought about because once again I posted my desk and it was so it's like it was so resoundingly like holy shit popular and um. The little thing on Anno and how he and how he like broke down around the ending of the Evangelion TV series. I I just that stuff inter- was interesting to me. It was interesting to me what it made me think about and what and what it made me think about the perspective the perspective of creative people and 
people who are so creative that they are they do it as a profession because that's a very different thing and lots of people lots of people draw lots of people do fan art but once you I want to be clear nothing's wrong with drawing or fan art another thing I have in my perch is actually a um, unsharpened katana and I bought it because I had a Freudian slip early in the morning. It happens to me constantly. Um, I, I, 5 a.m. Alex is real rich, and he makes the best financial decisions cruising Amazon on his, um, on his laptop. But the, but the, but what I ultimately did with it was I went to, um, I believe I went to Anime NYC, and I went up and down the the um the fan the um the art alley and I got and I you know gave all the art that I really loved like five bucks for whatever stickers they had like a like a pack of stickers or like I bought a sticker from many of the art there and I came home and I you know plastered the scabbard of the of that katana with beautiful hand illustrated stickers or hand illustrated and designed stickers and it like it's like a cool art piece now it's one of the, it's the first thing you see the way I've rearranged everything um when you enter the perch you see it you see computers and you see this big um reproduction prints I got from allposter.com a while back of um, Salon Descent by Alphonse Mucha. And it, it sets the tone for when you walk into this space. Um, but so that that gives you a little bit idea uh, of an idea of what my perspective is when I made when I made my like creative space when I made my like version of what many people would call a man cave. And I think that's one of the most interesting things about the like the like death about about seeing other people's deaths is what you see is when someone gets to the point of wanting to post something, it means that they're proud of it. I mean I I like I said, I posted my desk you can go find my desk on Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. Um, because I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to make something for myself to create and to create as freely as I want. And, and go as big or as small as I want to. Like make a podcast, make a digital illustration make a you know a poster make make things and when i posted my desk and when i posted my workspace this time i to read it i i didn't put my desk i put the place i make stuff and i think that probably set up everybody's expectations for oh this isn't this person's desk this isn't the, the, the place this person goes to work this is the person the place this person goes to create and play and imagine things and 
I think I think that perspective is important to remember as someone who sits down and watches like potentially hours of anime a day or a week. Because when you sit and you watch something like when you sit and you watch anime, you're sitting and you're watching somebody who's making. You're sitting and you're watching the product of somebody made something from a desk like that. Um, one of the better parts of that show, Shiro Bako, is um, which if you haven't seen it, is an anime that is about the making of anime. I think it's from like 2015. It's it's fairly old at this point, but it it aged tremendously well. Um, but that show is the end the end credits of that show are great because it is one of the main characters' desks. And it's the toys on one of on one of the main characters' desks like doing a little dance. And if you go into most creative office environments, it, you see toys, you see stuff all over people's desks. And that's because that's them bringing, like, themselves into work because it's necessary for them to feel that comfortable to make stuff at that level. Because, and I started... I started to talk about this and then I trailed off because that's the way my brain works sometimes. There's nothing wrong with like being a like hobbyist creator or something like that. But when you make that leap from just making fan art or just making, you know, just doing little things to doing things for like money or for for employment, it's a very different thing. And lots of Lots of hobbyists specifically don't professionalize their hobbies that much because they don't, partially because they don't want to, and there's nothing wrong there. You shouldn't feel like you need to professionalize your hobby. I know places like, <laughs> hilariously, the platform I use to publish my podcast, Anchor, or places like all over the internet will say like you can make money off of this you you should make money off of this but that's not always the right choice for somebody and you won't always be happier because what you used to you know just draw for fun you now do commissions that can actually make in some cases people worse off and make people feel worse about their creative output and that's that's never fun or good um, but when you take that other leap, when you like funnel your creativity into something that will make you money and be a profession, it's a different thought process. But it's also a, a pretty unique thought process for everybody, for everybody, everybody drawing on different reference points and influences everybody's drawing on different um on different experiences and on different ways they work so lots of if you and once again i encourage you to go you can do it on twitter or instagram but twitter to me, doing it on Twitter is more fun to look at people's desks because it's more 
they can express more in like the tweet, so to speak. If you look at people's desks, like you'll see a lot of giant Wacom tablets. You'll see a lot of, you know, crazy computer setups. But every once in a while, you'll come across somebody's desk that's like just their iPad. Or you'll come across somebody's desk that's like a computer for reference, but that's it. Or an iPad for reference, but that's it. The, the rest is, you know, rows of markers and paper or like paint and paper. And it gives you an idea that like creativity is not, you know, creativity does not look the same for everybody. And if I had to guess why my desk blew up a little on um, r slash workspace is because my desk looks so much different than what people imagine when they think of a workspace. Because when they think of a workspace, they're thinking of somebody who, and somebody said this in the comments, somebody who all they do is A versus somebody who thinks expan so expansively that they may sit down at their desk and want to do a little bit of A and a little bit of B and a little bit of the rest of the alphabet is the way I think they put it, which I like the idea of. And I think it's valuable to remember that that all those perspectives exist. And one of the things I always look for when I'm looking for shows to watch is something that's a little bit of a different perspective. And where I'll end this is everybody really loves Spy X Family right now. And it was a really popular manga and that made it, that gave it the path to being an ultra popular anime. But when I stop and I look at that show, it has this presence of an obsession that is common in, hilariously enough, Studio Ghibli movies. So if you watch Studio Ghibli movies, um, you notice some through lines with, um, particularly Goro Miyazaki, but later, but in his later works, um, Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao Miyazaki really likes um, mechanical design. If you look at um, Prince Monoki and you look at the kind of care he puts into like the mechanical, the basic but interesting mechanical designs he he puts into Iron Town or the weapons from Iron Town. But the place you can see it the most is um, if you go watch and this is on Netflix. You can go. I believe you can go watch Kingdoms of Dreams and Madness on Netflix still. Um, you see him working on um on at that point his latest movie um the wind rises and you see him so focused on the representation of the plane that's being designed in the wind rises um and that you see a kind of like light in him that is present in a lot of otaku which he would scoff at I, that is like this slight of this obsession with the mechanical design behind the plane and you see that in 
um, you know, Laffita, you see that in Nausicaa, in, um, what's it called, in Guru Miyazaki's movie, you, you see it in his obsession with what I call Boo Radley houses, which are like these old, decrepit, like nature is slightly taking them back houses. That he, that Goro Miyazaki has in like every single one of his movies is a house like this, um, up on Poppy Hill, Tales from Earthsea, when Marnie was there, all have a Boo Radley like house or location. I'm not kidding. You can go look at them. Um, but in um, Spy X Family, there's this obsession with like not with iconic. 1960s furniture <laughs> and that was like an iconic 1960s furniture and iconic 1960s style because it's like supposed to be invoking like James Bond era spy movies but the furniture obsession is so big that like the for the manga you know, Volume 8 has the Eames lounge chair on, has a character sitting in the Eames lounge chair on the front cover. And every volume before and I'm assuming after has a character sitting in a really iconically designed chair from the like 1960s era. And I think that perspective that like, that that shift in perspective of focusing on something that's not completely otaku focused, that's not completely insular in itself anime like, is one of the reasons people gravitate to that show because it's it's anything different. So if you look at a character like um if you look at a bunch at any number of character designs, but I'm going to talk about Malim because I think this is pretty valuable. If you look at a character like Malim from that time I got reincarnated as a slime, that character is... That character design is a character design that's informed by a lot of different character designs from a lot of different shows that came before it. And if you've watched a whole bunch of anime, you look at a character like that and you're responding not to the character of Malim, but her character design and the conversation that design is having with it's the characters that came before her, her, and the characters that will be designed after her. And as a result of her character design being there. And if you look, a great place to see this is, um, actually, VTubers. Like, if you look at VTuber designs, they're all very rooted in, you know, anim anime character designs of the past and anime character design culture. Almost to a fetishistic point, actually. And, and once again, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's, I wanted this episode to be about perspective and about creative perspective. And this is what I see as a creative person who has a lot of hours logged just pointing my eyeballs at anime. <laughs> and 
that perspective is very insular, but it, it and why the form can be improved upon and commented on a character like design aesthetics like say something like um like the like those in slime sand or even those in um of uh, the like a uh, like a true masterwork of the um isekai genre like jobless reincarnation are different than taking something from the greater creative world and bring it into your show or property. Taking something that, like a Boo Radley house, like a concept from To Kill a Mockingbird and bring it into your film work. Or taking something like mechanical design and bring it into your film work. Or taking something like fashion or you know, furniture or, you know, a set of like 1960s spy movie aesthetics and bringing them into your, um, into your, into your, into your, into the end product that you're putting out gives it a different flair. And I talked about, I talked about that a whole bunch on a previous, um, Sunday edition, which you can go find. I think it's like maybe two Sunday editions ago um, called Under the Influence. And it was all about, you know, um, Tokyo Revengers and its clear influence. And it's clearly taking influential hits from things like Paradise Kiss or um, primarily manga done by Ayazawa. And those perspectives are what help the anime grow bigger as a fan base and also as a medium and stuff like that. It's... On that note, this is where I'm going to end it because I'm already approaching 40 minutes. But if you like this, um, if you like the podcast, new episodes come out every Thursday and Sunday. Um, Sunday is like this. It's more metatextual. It's more about the fandom. It's more about what I'm thinking about, about the fandom or about the industry or about the, you know, anime that I'm watching or whatever. Um, the Thursday show is more of a traditional, I sit here and I tell you my thoughts on a series for um, the latest of that. You can go listen to, once again, the um, episode all about um, how I got reincarnated as a slime. That time I got reincarnated as a slime, rather. And I will talk to you on Thursday.